0: Well, you guys, out of 11 years, I gotta say this last one was quite the year. With moving into this building and, and everything that we've done to, to experience. And by the way, isn't it great to all just be in one room together instead of separated in two places? And having a lobby, lobby where we can hang out and a place where we're able to offer classes for you every Sunday morning. Just stuff, last year, we just couldn't even do that. And so we are celebrating what God's doing. We're celebrating the fact that um, this year, we have almost twice as many Life Together groups as we did a year ago. That's awesome. That, you guys, because we've, we've, we tell you, like even last week, right, to love one another, you actually have to be connected to each other, and so we are so excited that twice the number of people are in Life Together in relationship here at K2. Uh, it was so cool. We launched our youth ministries uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and I was walking uh, across the lobby just to see what they were doing, and all of a sudden, the high school kids came out, and they just kept coming, and they kept coming, and they kept coming, and I walked here into this room, and with our Fusion and Vertical Student Ministries, this whole section was just packed with people. So our youth, man, are coming here, which is such a great thing, and we are so excited about what's happening there. And obviously, all year long, we've been to Swaziland, we've been to Honduras, we've been down on the street. We uh, did Feed Our, uh, the, I'm sorry, Feed My Starving Children. We serve South Salt Lake. We, K2 The Church, we're focused, we're tight, and we're out there. So give you guys, let's just give a round (laughs) of applause. Just thank you so much for a a great year um, in what God's doing here. Now here's what I wanna say though, why are we here today? There's only one reason we're here, and that's because God has made a big deal out of us. You need to remember this, man, you are a big deal and we are a big deal to him, that he would come and give his life to us. Your life matters. So, that's why we're here, because God made a big deal about you and me. So, but these last four weeks, these four doors that we've been talking about, we said we wanna make a big deal about door number one, which is stewardship. We're gonna make a big deal this year, coming up, about reconciliation, door number two. Big deal about mercy, door number three. And last week, we're gonna make a big deal about love, door number four. So here's a question. Why do we make a big deal about those four things? And it's because there's another door. Did you notice? We added another door here this week. The reason these other four doors are such a big deal and the reason that we're gonna give our life to those, and the reason that we're hoping that you'll join us as the church and giving our life to these four things is because of this door right here. Okay, look at this. John chapter 10, starting with verse seven. Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Before I go in and explain this door right here and why this door makes these other four doors a big deal, man, let's just pray. Let's just ask God to come and meet us with you, meet you right within your own heart, speak to you deeply. Let's connect with this great God who loves us so much, okay? So open up your hearts and let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for a day to celebrate, because really what we celebrate is you. We know this, man, K2 is your idea. None of us who started this thing ever thought about moving to Salt Lake City or starting a church. But we know that this is your idea, and it's your idea because of everyone in this room today. You love these people. You love everyone in the Salt Lake Valley, and I believe with all my heart that you've created us, this church, for your glory and for the blessing of this world. So Jesus, because you're risen, because you're alive today, because you are the one who ultimately matters, and because every life in this room is precious to you, because this church is precious to you. I ask in your name that you would just come and speak to us, that you might move in this place, that we might make a big deal out of what you make a big deal about. We love you, man, thank you so much for being here. And we pray in your name, amen. So Jesus says, I am the door. Now here's the cool thing about this door, right? Is it is wide open. And who can enter this door? Who can enter the door? Anybody, (laughs) right? God so loved just a few precious little people. Is Is that what the scripture says? No way, man. God loved the world. And this door, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he opened up this door. Now, we need to understand this, right? So when he says, I am the door, what does that mean? Well, it means there's something you have to enter into. That's what he says, if if anybody enters by me. He says two things will happen. If you can throw verse uh, 9 back up there, chapter 10, verse 9. All right. There we go. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be, everybody say it? Saved. Isn't that weird? Because I I bet you any money, um, if some of you are visiting today and you're wondering what Christianity is all about, that whole concept of being saved sounds kind of weird. So what does he actually, why does he need to save us? And you guys need to understand, in our Christian faith, man, the angels came and said, right, when they announced that Jesus was coming, they said, behold, a good teacher is born to you. A good example is born to you. No, they said, a Savior is born to you. And so what Jesus is saying here is on this side of the door, there's stuff that we actually have to get saved from. Ultimately, what we have to get saved from is sin. And sin at its core is your heart and mind that's bent away from God and towards ourself. You guys, what God wants to save us from, and this is true if you think about it to the nth degree, When every human being ultimately lives for themselves, it creates absolute chaos. The demise of our world is this sinful nature where it says I care more about me than I do you. Every conflict on this planet is because of that thing right there. And God wants to save you from that, is that good news? Okay, so he wants to save you from your sin. Okay, the second thing, though, that, he really, that we need to understand with this is he also wants to save us from a life of performance. On this side over here, we've all been duped into thinking that you have to do certain things to get people to love you. Well, actually, we're not duped because that's true, isn't it? We all know that if I perform at a certain level, you'll accept me. If I do certain things in the way that you like them to be done, then we can connect. And so sin at its core says, I can do it, and therefore I must do it. And this life on this side of this door of performance is what causes us to judge each other. Because if you're better than the people around you, then you look at them and you look down on them and you judge them. But if you look at the other people around you and you're not as good as them, then you feel a life of shame. And I'm telling you this, man, if you're judging each other, or if we're hiding from each other, how much oneness and unity and love do we have? None. And so Jesus says, man, I came so that I could unite everything, and unity happens when you're not caught up in this performance trap. So he wants to save us from that. He wants to save us from ourself, he wants to save us from uh, performance, and he wants to save us from God's judgment. See, because on this side of this door, it means we're separated from God. And separation from God, eternally, is not a good thing. And so there is punishment for sin, there just is. And on this side, that's where we're going. So Jesus says, listen, I'm a door though. You guys, how many of you saw The Lion, Witch, Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe? You guys seen that movie? A lot of us seen that? Isn't that a great scene, right? When they're in there with all the cloaks and all the and they walk into the wardrobe and they're in all the clothes and the jackets and the coats and they come through them and then all of a sudden they enter into the back and there's a a whole new world. Right? Oh god, that was bad. I didn't, I didn't do that first service. I shouldn't have done it this service. But that's, but it's this, oh my gosh, there's a whole nother reality that I didn't know existed. And Jesus says, I am the door to that reality. Verse nine said, you will be saved. But look at verse 10. Go ahead and throw verse 10 up there. By the way, this is one, for years, this was my favorite verse in all the Bible. John 10, 10. It's an easy one to remember, right? Perfect, perfect. (laughs) This is why I think it's that. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it what? Abundantly. You know, I I read the NIV, the New International Version, and uh, the New International Version always says that you'll have life to the full. I'm, I'm like, I like full. Anybody want full? Right? Full's good. But as I studied this word, abundantly is actually the better word. Because the actual, in the Greek, it meant not full, it meant exceeding. It actually meant above measure. It meant more than sufficient. So what Jesus is saying is, I'm the door, and on this side, I'm gonna save you from all the stuff that's ruining you, ruining your relationships, that's causing the anxiety and the fear and the stress in your life. I am going, I am a, a door, and as you, if you enter by me, you're gonna have life and have it to the full. Now here's what's beautiful. And if any of you are Christians in this room, you've experienced, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't received Jesus Christ yet, here's the craziest thing. Do you guys remember this day? Do you remember the day when you were living this life, right? And when then he says, repent, repent, which means you turned away from that life and you walked through the door, this moment at the threshold right here, as soon as you enter into this, you know what he says? You just entered into me. This is the most beautiful spiritual reality that Jesus Christ came to reveal to us on this side You're separated from God. But as soon as you realize that Jesus is the door and you enter into him, his spirit, that's why he said, you are born of my spirit. On this side, it's just you. On this side, it's you and Jesus. And so you enter into his life. And that's why he said, I came so you could have life. Because he's the life. And so on this side, and now, now let me tell you. So why do we make a big deal about these four things? Because when you, as soon as you enter into this, let me give you another. He also says you enter into the kingdom of God. Right? So this is the kind of the kingdom of your world, of the world, kingdom of yourself. Kingdom meaning who gets to call the shots, who really runs your life. Okay? On this side is the kingdom of God. This is the life of Jesus. So the reason we make a big deal about stewardship is because God, as soon as, you, as soon as you meet Jesus, you realize, oh my gosh, he gives and gives and gives and gives. He gives mercy and grace and strength and hope and peace and love and forgiveness and wisdom. Everything you need, God gives. So can anybody say, praise God for that? I mean, praise, praise God that he's not up there demanding. He's up here going, I just wanna pour out on you. See, on this side, we got a screwy view of God. As soon as you enter into Jesus, you go, oh my goodness, you're one who gives. And you go, blessed be God. Then you realize, and I get all of this. <laughs> and now your life is blessed. Because you finally stopped doing stuff on your own and you received from him. But here's the crazy part. Why is this life? Because of who he is, because of what he's done for you. But as soon as Jesus gets inside of you, guess what he makes you? Now you give. That's why this is a big deal. Because your heart was never made just to live for yourself. That's sin. But he saved you from that. And he brought you into a life free from yourself so you can give. And the cool thing is, as soon as you and I make door number one a big deal, he blesses the whole world through the resource that we give back to God. That's just how it works. You guys do understand this, right? That if just the church, not us, K2, but everyone who calls themselves Christians, if we would actually tithe we could take care of every social ill on the planet. Do you guys know that? All the clean water issues, all the hunger issues, every issue on this planet, if we were making door number one a big deal. So that's why we do it, because we entered into Christ. Number two, why is number two a big deal? Hello? As soon as you walk into Christ, you're like, oh my goodness, God loved me so much that he gave up his one and only son for me. You enter in there and you go, God is one who's offering me forgiveness for everything I have ever done. And he wants more than anything else to be reconciled to you back in spirit. So blessed be God that he's a reconciling God. If you guys were here for that message, every other religion studied throughout the history of the world has had a God who demands that you do what you need to do to get back to God. And Jesus Christ came and said, it is not what you do, I am the reconciler. And on this side over here, everybody's under the stress of thinking that you've gotta be good enough for God. And Jesus says, I'm the door, man, come on in. And as soon as you went to the door, you're like, you're not like that at all. You finally see that God came to us when we were sinners, when we were ungodly, and when we were powerless to do anything right. So what happens? Why is this life? Because God's a reconciling God, because we've received forgiveness, because we've received this Holy Spirit, and we're back in tight with him, right? And then, because of that, and if we can go ahead and just throw up a, a 2 Corinthians 5, under the reconciliation, There we go. This whole thing, all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then look at this. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. You guys, the reason K2, the church, makes a big deal about reconciliation is because God's all about reconciling who? The world to himself. And once you've received that forgiveness, we are the ones who are now called to let the whole world know that Jesus Christ has forgiven them of all their sin and they can be reconciled back to God. We make it a big deal. Number three, why do we make mercy a big deal? Because God's merciful. Do you guys remember the definition of mercy, right? Mercy is when you see a need that somebody can't meet and you have the resources to do something about it and you meet their need. And you guys, this is what Jesus Christ did for us. We had a huge need. We could never be righteous. We could never be good enough for God. And he was gracious and merciful and he had the resource to take care of our sin and to set us free. Now, I just want to celebrate for a second, because just about two weeks ago, we had our baptism service in here, right? And it was a phenomenal, it was such a great deal. Right over here, our tank sat, and we had all these people come. We had about 20 people, I think we have some pictures of them. Uh, About 20 people who, who were saying, I have found this. My life has been reconciled to God. I have been found forgiven of all my sins, and I've got his Holy Spirit in my life, and it was joy after joy after joy, and that's why we're here, because we have a merciful God who wants to reconcile the world to himself, and so in, in, in within that, we showed one video of a gal named Cheyenne, and it was such a sweet story that we want to share it with you guys this morning, okay? This is why we make this a big deal. Let's listen to Cheyenne.
1: any religion or spirituality. Both of my parents are atheists. um, But they've always been really open to me searching and doing whatever. I always had an idea that there was God or something higher than me. But for a long time I grew up just being really angry at him. Um, I kind of hated him and I blamed him for all of the wrongs in my life. I thought it was his fault that the abuse was happening when I was younger and that he didn't stop it. Um, I just had a lot of hard feelings for him. I started making some bad choices at a really young age. I just, doing things that I didn't want to do, they didn't make me feel good. I thought that they would and then it turned out that it didn't so I was constantly searching for this, this way to cope with things or this comfort and I never found it. And I kind of hit rock bottom. My senior year of high school, uh, I was struggling with an eating disorder and my grandpa passed away and didn't have any more hope. I was just lost and I felt trapped and then I was saved by a dear friend of mine. She invited me to K2 and because I didn't have any other options, I decided to go (laughs) and try it out. And I got here, and I was just blown away. I mean, the first time I heard the worship, I remember I just bawled. I was just crying and crying, uh, because it was so beautiful, and I was at this desperate time. And I felt so low, and instantly I I felt higher than I thought that I I could. Um, I kept going every Sunday. I kept going with her, and it was amazing. And um, But I also kept doing all of the things that I was doing in my life. I wasn't ready to give up that yet. I wanted to keep him on the back burner. I wasn't ready to have him up front and center. And for some crazy reason, I thought I could just have him sometimes. I didn't realize that I needed him all the time. <laughs> on Easter this year, we started the Get Your Life Back series. And that really just rocked my world. Um, (laughs) That's when God kind of jumped in and was like, okay, I'm ready to be uh, the center of your attention. And He kind of just took a hold of my life. And it's been this crazy journey since then. It's only been a few months, but He's completely flipped my life around. He's gotten rid of my desires to do anything else. So it's amazing. I mean, I've healed more in these past, Three or four months than I have in my entire life and it's God's just doing all the work you know I just have to follow him and say yes to him I'm ready to tell the world that I love God I love Christ and I'm all in and I'm, I'm following them and that I'm born again and they they've made me new and I just want to tell everyone I just I want to shout out to the world that God is so good And I just want to spread his word and uh, the love that he can bring to people and the hope that he can restore. It's, It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, Cheyenne. Cheyenne came up to me after the baptism service and she said, Dave, she goes, I never would have believed that I could actually ever be this happy. She was living on the side of the door. Had no idea that there was a God who loved her so much, who was merciful and gracious. Why do we make a big deal about mercy? Because we've received mercy and he's a really good God. So what that means is on the other side of the door, when we who've received mercy actually see somebody else who has a need and they can't meet it, and we have the resource to meet it, as Christ followers, because we're knit with Jesus and because he's living inside of us, we meet people's needs. It's such a beautiful thing. It's what the church is. And that's what we're gonna be. We're gonna make a big deal about that at K2 this year. Last one, the last door is love. Just talked about it last week. What happens on this side over here, you guys, and and, and this is crazy, so many people struggle to believe that God loves them. And usually it's always because you know you can't be good enough. So again, you're living over here. As soon as you enter Christ and you get inside Him, you realize you love me. In all my brokenness, and all my sin, and all of my inability to be good, Jesus says that's when I die for you. When you come on that side of the door into Jesus, you finally realize I am fully known and I am fully loved. And that's why we love each other, right? Because now we have a love inside. And that's why we talked about last week, you know why this door is such a big deal? And loving each other is such a big deal? Because Jesus says, if you guys would know my love, then your hearts would be free, and then you'd actually love each other. How, how cool would that be, right, if all of us in this room really accepted one another as Christ accepted us, really forgave each other as Christ forgave us, really bore with each other as Christ bears with us. And here's the coolest thing, is he said the whole world will know. The whole world is looking for that type of love and if you guys would love each other the way I love you, then the world will know that I came from the Father and that they're loved to you. So guys, these four things are a big deal to me, personally, because I walked through this door. And as soon as I walked through this door, I walked into Christ. And I love the fact that he's a giver and that I receive and he's made me a giver so that he's blessed, I'm blessed, and the world's blessed. I am so glad that he's helped, that he reconciled me, that I've received forgiveness, and that he's called me to be a voice of his great grace to the rest of this world. It's how the world is blessed. Mercy and love, same thing. Blessed be God, he's merciful, he's loving. You're loved, you've been shown mercy. Now love and show mercy. It is what changes you, and it's what changes the world, and it's what gives God glory. So what do we do with this? What are we gonna do this year, you guys? Well, we did this series to help you know that we're gonna make a big deal about these things. So what did Jesus say? If you enter this door, you'll be saved. This morning, I bet you any money, some of you are still standing on this side and you've actually never entered into Christ. You've never had your sins completely forgiven. You're still carrying them, okay? You're still carrying the guilt, you're still carrying the regret, instead of being on the other side, which is being totally forgiven. Some of you are still trying to perform, and you're still trying to be good enough for God and for other people. You're trying to get all your value based on what you do and how people feel about you. And you need to walk through the door and let Jesus Christ forgive you of all your sin fill you with his spirit so that you know you're valuable. And so that you can knit with him so you can live the life that you were created to live. Now I wanna encourage some of you today, you can receive Christ today. Now, now let's talk to all of you who are Christians. No, nope, no, nope, hold on. Yep, what's that? Oh, yes, you can in just a few minutes. I'm gonna give you a great opportunity, buddy you're good, go ahead and have a seat. All right, so here's, seriously man, he wants to come through the door, so hold on. we're We're gonna do this, this is fantastic. I'm gonna give you that chance in here in just a second. Now I need to let you guys know about another door that's in the Bible. And I need to talk to all of us who are Christians, okay? Because the question is, are you, if you're a Christian today, are you living the abundant life? Are you, are you living this in abundance? And so, so what we find is, is that Jesus says there's another door. And so, and, and, here's, and it's in Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. And he's talking to the church, okay? And that's why this is important. So if you're not a Christian, you're cool here. But if you're a Christian, you got to listen to this. He goes, I know your deeds. He goes, I know what you do, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Happy anniversary, everybody. (laughs) Right? Now... But actually, it is happy anniversary, and we're gonna see why here in just a second. But can I just ask you, how many times have you ever gone to Starbucks, you got your hot drinks, you got your cold drinks, have you ever seen a column with lukewarm drinks? I mean, No coffee shop serves lukewarm drinks. I know for me, I like mine really hot, right? And if it's gone too long, and I take a sip, and it's lukewarm, I immediately go to the microwave, and I heat it back up because nobody likes to take a drink of anything that's lukewarm. So now what does this mean? When you're hot, Jesus says, I wish you were hot. What that means is you're living the exceedingly abundant life. When you're hot, you're living like Christ. And so if you're cold, and this has always been intriguing to me, where Jesus says, I'd rather have you be hot or cold. Because if you're cold, what that means, it's people who make no identification with Jesus. And and I've always said this, as a Christian, why would I expect other people to live a life like Christ if they don't believe in Christ? And so what Jesus is saying is, I'd rather you just say you don't follow me. And just be cold, because then it's clear, I don't follow Jesus. Or be hot and say, no, I follow Jesus. So you guys, what's lukewarm are those of us who claim to follow Jesus, but we live out here. And he goes, when you're lukewarm, it's not helpful for anybody. Some of you guys are Christians in here and you're empty inside. You have no spiritual power. You're struggling, and and it's like your life is making impact to those around you. It's not because at this point, you're actually living a lukewarm existence. And so with Jesus, this is why he says, man, I I, I want to tell you, come back, and don't, don't be lukewarm. Be hot or be cold. So let's go on. In verse 17, he says, you say, well, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth, and I don't need a thing but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in fire so you can become rich, white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Here's what Jesus is trying to tell the church. It's just so crazy. What he's saying is, this is me. I'm a giver, I'm a reconciler, I'm merciful, and I'm loving. He goes, and if you're in me, united with me, that's the life that you should live. But we gotta just ask ourselves, you guys, are you lukewarm though? So so when we get to the whole idea of stewardship, are you still at a place where you're saying, well, I'm a Christian, but I still don't return back to God what's his. I'm still holding on to all the finances, which means if all the finances are going to you, who's first in your life? You are. And see, if you're still first in your life, you're totally missing that, and that's why Jesus said, where your treasure goes, that's where your heart goes. So the reason this is such an important door to give back to God is because when you give to God your finances, your heart follows him. Yeah, and it follows your finances into a life like God. And what's crazy is, so the Bible totally talks about returning back to God, but then it says, that's not even giving. You guys remember this message? That's not even giving, that's just returning to him what's his. That, once the spirit gets inside of you, then you get generous, and then you start doing amazing stuff in the world. Oh you guys, how cool would it be if we were not a church that was lukewarm, but if every one of us in this room said, you know what, I'm gonna be hot on the issue of my stewardship of God's finances. I can tell you this man, if we gave, you guys know worldwide, if those who claim to be Christians around the world would just return to God 10%, that first 10% that's his, do you know that we could take care of every social ill on the planet? All the water issues, all the, all the people, the starving children, everything could be taken care of. And people are going, well, they're all angry at God, right? Because this is happening on our planet. And God's up there going, I actually gave you everything you need, but you don't return it to me. And so let's just take it locally, man. Can you imagine what would happen in this valley if K2, the church, had so much resource that we could just bless everybody around us. Everybody be going, what's up with that church? It would do what? Give glory to God, and you know this. Your heart is more free when you give than when you try to live for it for yourself. Are you hot? Or are you lukewarm in stewardship? Are you hot? in reconciliation or are you lukewarm? Christians, all of you in here, God said the only hope for this world to ever know that I love them and I died for them is you. It's why you work where you work. It's why you live where you live. Neighbors, coworkers, and friends just need somebody who's gonna be hot on reconciliation and let the world know. Are you lukewarm in that or are you hot? Are you, how about mercy? Do you see people who have a need and you have resource? And do you give that need? How about love in this room? Okay, because we can be Christians and we can say, but even though I'm a Christian, I'm not gonna forgive. I'm so angry and I'm so hurt by someone else in this room that I'm not gonna accept each other as I've been accepted. I'm not gonna forgive as I've been forgiven. And you guys, what happens is we lead a lukewarm life. Now let let me just tell you this. When Jesus says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth, it is not that you can lose your salvation. You guys understand that? What he wants to spit out is this selfish living because it's death for your soul, it's death for your relationships, and it gives God no glory. And that's why this year at K2 The Church, I just wanna say, can you hear him this morning? Is he knocking on your door? Because he's over here, and some of you are Christians, but you're living over here. So here's what we're gonna do to close our day. If you would just grab, every one of you should have a list of these cards that we put uh, when you walked in today. Would you go ahead and grab these and grab a pen? If you, if you didn't get one, if the Connections team, if somebody could just raise your hand, we'll make sure you get one. We've got some people over here on this side who need them. That'd be great, thank you. So here's the idea for today. Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And he says, if you hear me, if you hear me, then repent. Now you guys need to understand this. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. You need to understand this. He loves you. Every one of you in this room. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're his kid, he so loves you, but you need to understand the love of God, because he said, I actually rebuke and discipline those I love. Why? Because he wants your heart to be free. Because this isn't the life, this is. And so he's asking you to just open up your heart. I love you, but you have two choices in how you receive God's love. You can either receive it as rebuke and discipline, or he said what? If you'll open the door, he says, then I'll come eat with you. Isn't that cool? He goes, if you'll just open the door again, he goes, I'm gonna hang out with you and you're going to hang out with me. So do you want sweet fellowship with Jesus or do you want him as the one who at this point needs to rebuke and discipline? You guys, the world needs hot Christians, not lukewarm. So here's what we got. Number one on stewardship. And what we're going to ask you to do, and this is all, please, 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 This is for you, between you and him. So don't do this just because, or whatever. But I believe that some of you need to fill out this card and you say, this year I'm gonna make a big deal about returning to God my my 10%. For some of you, you've never done it. And he's knocking on the door of your heart, saying, come on, trust me. And if you check that box, you're gonna walk over here to door number one. You check that box and you put it in. The second box is, I'm gonna excel in the grace of giving. So for those of us who are already returning God, we haven't even started, we're we're just returning to God, but now we're gonna excel in the grace. Some of you have just been, I know I'm supposed to be given more because he's blessed me and I'm gonna do that. So you'll take this card, we wrote down lines too. If there's anything else you wanna say to God about stewardship and a commitment to him, you're gonna go for it and drop in door number one. Door number two. This year I'm gonna make a big deal about being reconciled to God. Some of you are sitting in here and you know you've never actually entered the door. And you've never received forgiveness for your sin. And you've never been reconciled to God with his spirit. And here's all I wanna say. Check that box if you'll say, this year I'm gonna keep seeking. I'm gonna keep asking questions. I'm gonna keep investigating. Because if there's a God I wanna be reconciled to him. That's your box. And the rest of us who are Christians, I'm gonna be God's ambassadors to those in my life. And what you're doing there is you're saying, you know what, I realize I never share my faith with anybody. I totally struggle to share what Jesus Christ has done for me. This year, I realize that when I say no to doing that, I'm not in the spirit. And so this year I'm gonna make a big deal about being God's ambassadors to those in my life. Third card, is the mercy door. I'm going to join K2 in corporate acts of mercy. Take one step this year and say, you know what, when K2's on the street, when K2's in Honduras, Swaziland, serving South Salt Lake, feeding starving children, when we do something corporately as a church, if you are saying, you know what, this year I'm in, then check that box. Second box, and this is I think the more important one, is I'm going to love Jesus by giving mercy to those he places in my path. You guys, all day long, God's going to bring people into your life who cannot meet a need and he's going to resource you to be able to do it. Will you be a person who just is merciful? Who just sees the needs and others around you and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you give to those. And last one, love. Number one, I'm going to connect my life with others at K2. Like I said earlier, You guys, if our command from Jesus is to love one another, but you're not ever connected to anybody else who's a part of the church, it's kind of hard to love them. The only way you can live out Jesus' command to you is you've got to connect your life to another human being here at K2. So if you'll take that risk, check that box, I'm going to connect my life with others at K2. And then the last one is I'm going to fight for unity with the people in my life. You guys... Jesus Christ came to unify us. And I just wanna say, if there's any reconciliation that needs to happen, if there's any bitterness, if there's any unforgiveness that you hold with somebody else within the church, you gotta check that box and say, I'm gonna fight for the unity with people in my life. You know what, if you're married, check that one. (laughs) I am gonna fight for the unity of my marriage. I'm gonna fight for unity with my kids, whatever that is. And we put these lines down here, and here's how we're gonna do this. Band, come on up. Is we're gonna give you a chance, and I I feel like God really gave us this idea. And we're gonna give you a chance during our worship, here to close out our service, to come down, and we're actually gonna ask you all to come this way. So if you come down from the sides, come back here, walk down these aisles, and you're gonna come up front, and we're gonna give, give you the chance to walk here as the symbol right here that Jesus said, I am the door. Now, some of you guys are Christians and he's been knocking on your door this morning and he's saying, open the door, open the door. Enter back into the life with me. Confess, repent, turn from your selfish ways and come back into the life that I created you for and can I encourage you guys I thought about this after the first service I didn't tell these guys first service I think when you get to this door you do whatever you want but I think some way you just need to touch this door I think some of you might need to get on your knee before you go through the door and say say so you know what and when you walk through the door remember you walk into. Christ and into his life. And then you're going to take those cards. And we have boxes at every one of those. And any card that you want to make a commitment to, don't just do this. This is not, this is for you again. But if you sincerely want to make a big deal, if you want to be hot for Christ, if you feel that, then come through this door and do that. On our stewardship door, we're not going to take an offering today. If you, if you don't do online um, uh, giving, if you haven't set that up yet and you bring your, your uh, resources here, then drop that in the box when you put your card in, okay? Your commitment to stewardship and just give your offering this morning back to God as you walk through the door. I hope that this will be a fantastic experience for you to make your commitment to follow Jesus, to enter into his life, to make a big deal about what he makes a big deal about. It will set you free, it will bless everybody around you, and it will give God glory. All right, let's stand together. And here's the last thing I wanna say, go ahead and stand up. The last thing I wanna say is this, do this whenever you're ready. In fact, you know if you need to sit back down, I didn't think about that. (laughs) If you need to sit down and write some stuff down, do this whenever you're ready. We're gonna worship for a while and give you a chance to enter this door, all right? So Jesus, meet us right now. Knock on the door of our heart. Help us to see where we've been lukewarm. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead us to have the courage and the faith and the grace to be hot for you. And I ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him together.